It's the Colvin Brothers Podcast. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You better recognize your brother. Oh, brother. You're to the Colvin Brothers. You was my brother, Charlie. You should have looked after me a little bit. Brother, brother, brother. Would you like some salt potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> We're brothers. We're the Colvin brothers. Tell your brother the stockyards are ours now. Colvin brothers on Z93. But Marge, I want to see my brother. My brother makes, makes the noises for the talking. Mom always liked you best. He's my brother. The Colvin brothers. <laughs> on Z93. It's Family. I told you you had too many plugs in one outlet. Oh, God. One, two, one, two, three, four.
everybody it's sunday and you know what that means it's time for the colvin brothers on z93 and it is december which means there's a very good chance we'll get to some holiday music shortly but billy joel's matter of trust from the much maligned the bridge album in 1986 i enjoy it but it was definitely he was one of those artists like a lot of classic artists that suffered from over 80s production well, we talk a lot about dead Beatles on the show. Mm. There was two live Beatles in the video, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr with some cameos. Did you I know that? I don't remember that <laughs> at all. Oh, I'll give you the tidbits, the sizz, hooking you up. Well, Paul and uh, Billy have been friends for a long time. They've played at each other's shows. Probably the most significant instance was uh, in Last Play at Shea, which was Billy Joel's final concerts before they demolished the stadium. Yeah. Uh, Paul was brought in by helicopter like the Beatles were in 65 and had the sheriff's star from that time to wear on stage when he came out for the encore. You said helicopter at Shea Stadium? Yes, I did. That was the same way Ric Flair entered there back in the day. Doesn't he live in Hyde Park? No, that's uh, that's Flair. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we are officially in December, and just like uh, most people here in the Hudson Valley, decorating for the holidays, the Colvin household over there in Hopewell Junction, we're decorating outside. We got it inside. I'm still working on the man cave, but the kids, I was very pumped up when Tanner, as soon as he opened up the ornament box, at the top was He-Man and Skeletor, and he got really excited. We put those on the tree upstairs, so they graduated to the tree upstairs. We were just talking about the Beatles, and back in 1995, I want to say, when the uh, first anthology set was released, went to Midnight Madness on Media Play, which I've discussed here with Jay Reynolds and Greg O'Brien, and anybody that went got a Beatles apple ornament for their Christmas tree. It is my most prized ornament outside of one that we got from Aunt Wendy in 1972. But when we were unwrapping our ornaments this year, Bryce and I were decorating the tree, and she stole it. And put it on the tree in her room, so it is now hers. Well, that's a good story. I thought I was going to drop it. We were at my uh, <laughs> my in laws, and all you I kept hearing like break, break, break. But my my mother in law doesn't really care too much. She just enjoys all the kids going after the tree. But I said, how about like laying down like a blanket or a sleeping bag? She's like, no, it's all part of the experience. <laughs> and uh, Tanner, you know, he's going to have a blast whenever he gets over to your house because he loves. Those stuffed animals that play all the silly tunes for the holidays. And I got about 20 of them. Yeah, he's been talking about it since July. And I said, buddy, it's locked up in the garage. So when it first opened up, and uh, he's now going nuts with it every day. So our next song, Peter Gabriel, Salisbury Hill. And a little story behind this. He wrote this song about a spiritual experience atop little Salisbury Hill in Somerset, England, right after he broke up with Genesis. Yeah, he left the band because he felt that he took it as far as he could go. Nobody expected Genesis to become what they did. And they were obviously much bigger with Phil. But, yeah, he wrote this song as sort of a narrative about that. What's interesting is that, like, five years later, a newcomer named Howard Jones basically took Salisbury Hill's melody and created a new song, which is called New Song. We're going to play that right behind it for those of you that never made the connection. Uh, Spoiler alert from Mad Milk. Here it is on the Colvin Brothers on Z93. Climbing up on Salisbury Hill I could see the city light Wind was blowing, time stood still out of the night He was something to observe Came in close I heard a voice 
It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93. And speaking of debut singles, Howard Jones' new song, which Michael talked about a little bit before. Yeah, well, the bottom line was that anybody that was listening or paying attention in 1982 or whenever this came out was immediately struck by the fact that it was the melody of Salisbury Hill. And Howard Jones just took that and turned it into new song. What's interesting is that several years later, Howard Jones's biggest hit, No One Is to Blame. See, I was happy that you were going to mention that because that's on all the 80s top hits. But do you know who who sings it with him? Phil Collins. So it's uh, it definitely got brought up in the studio. There, There's no way. It's like Ghostbusters and I Want a New Drug from uh, Huey Lewis. I, I forget which one came first, but they're the same song. Which totally blew Cousin Ben's mind because he's a Ghostbusters freak. He didn't know about that classic. Ghostbusters written with John Belushi in mind. Dan Aykroyd told him on the phone their last conversation i was watching the belushi documentary on showtime which i strongly recommend he said don't worry buddy because neighbors had flopped he said don't worry buddy i've got something that's going to get us both out of this and the next uh, i think the next morning belushi was found dead in that hotel in california who are you gonna call the colvin five are you ready for the colvin five 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 on z93 all right so the colvin five this week the best christmas songs by a rock and roll artist or a band and the reason why we came up with this topic is there's probably a couple of stations that are playing all the Christmas hits, but there's a lot of music that's not touched upon unless you go to your own personal library. As much as I love Perry Cuomo and uh, oh, Johnny man. Mathis and Dean Martin, and I, I love Dean Martin. Um, Perry Cuomo is, you remember that scene where Daryl is locked in the jail because, Negan jail. Negan, hey, what's going on, buddy? Oh, by the way, Negan, um, if you're looking for some place to do your Christmas caroling, uh, we've got a spot for you. <laughs> Well, there's a scene, and it's a famous scene. They keep playing the same song while Daryl's locked up. Yes. And uh, Perry Coma just reminds me of that. That would be the most painful thing is listening to his Christmas album. He's always like, oh, Merry Christmas. He's got like that very soft, subdued voice. Which is all part of the holiday season, but we want to rock out, so that's what we're going to do. And uh, my favorite song is included in the Colvin Five, so I'm not going to talk about my favorites, but let's talk about our kids' favorites because the two favorite songs for Olivia and Tanner, Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Mm-hmm. And Dominic the Donkey, which are both influenced from me. Yeah, and Bryce loves both of those, but because, you know, she's my kid, her favorite song is the Beatles. Christmas Time is here again, which was just a knockoff they did for their uh, fan club release. And at the age of two, she already knew that O-U-T spelled out. Number five, going out to Denver Darren, I believe, in Father Christmas by Greg Lake. Yeah, a member of not only Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, but the original vocalist with King Crimson. Uh, It's a song that I was introduced to in the late 70s, and it's been a perennial favorite ever since, and we will be getting it on in a future show. Number four brings us to the Kinks in Father Christmas. It was actually released as a single in 78. It was Ray Davies responding to the punk movement because the punks cited the kinks and the who as their inspiration so he's like all right you want to go punk here's a punk christmas song and that's really where all that came from marty allen and also aviana and new Paltz chiming in with that yeah i'm a fan of this song and marty allen is a big fan of mark rosen number three little saint nick the beach boys now michael is a huge beach boys fan and uh you know i've been hearing this since i was a little kid and we love it it's for big george and roger and modena yes there's several mixes out there but the one that you really want is the one that includes the sleigh bells i got to see brian wilson on thanksgiving eve in 2005 or 6 at radio city music hall i was in the second row and out of nowhere he's like hey who wants to hear a christmas song and they broke into (laughs) little saint nick and i i almost felt no i did fall over i did fall over you took off at thanksgiving eve i didn't know that i was uh back when i was with somebody that wouldn't let me work i'm sure i was working for you probably you you 
absolutely were. Making that cash money. What do we got at number two? It's Phil Spector's Christmas album, oddly enough, following up a Brian Wilson song. Our Aunt Cheryl in Florida just went with Darlene Love's Baby Please Come Home, but you really need the whole package. And this is an album, I remember our father Frank coming home from the Beach Shopping Center flea market, Christmas 1974 or 5. And he had this album, and I was very intrigued. It was there are several covers of this. There was the one where Phil is dressed up like Santa Claus, and it says "Back to Mono" on a on a pin. So I was like, "Daddy, what's that?" And he's like, "It's my favorite Christmas record. Don't touch it." And from that point on, there has not been a Christmas in the past forty plus years that I have not played that album from back to front many, many, many times. Yeah, it's the official soundtrack of the Colvin Christmas, the Pushcar Christmas, and uh, it's something that I've you know looked forward to every year. The first couple keys off the piano to start that album. That's when I know. Christmas is official. And Aunt Cheryl, just like myself and my mother, huge fans of David Letterman. And every year until Letterman retired, Darlene Love would sing that on his show. Well, you bring up Darlene Love. Do you remember when she went on uh, SNL and did Christmas for the Jews and they did it all uh, at claymation style in black and white? We just watched that on Friday. That's, you know what, let's put that on the Facebook page. That's something that people definitely got to check out. What's the big closer? The big closer. This is going out to Marty Allen again and Yay Teen and also me. This is my favorite Christmas song. Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. The waitresses were almost a one-hit wonder. They had that song, I Know What Boys Like, and I think that this might have even presaged it. Uh, the only problem I have with this song is it suffers from yearism. You know what yearism is? It just sounds too 80s? No, when you drop the actual year in the song, and it immediately dates itself. Asia did it with uh, Heat of the Moment. Now you find yourself in 82. And in the waitresses' Christmas wrapping, most of 81 passed along those lines. I'm fine with it, and it does immediately put you back there if you were alive for the time. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. It's probably the only Christmas song that will find its way on my playlist in October. This is also going out to Georgia Poughkeepsie because he recently found out that it's covered by the Spice Girls. It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93.
show This time this car wouldn't know Forget it, it's cold, it's getting late Trudge on home and celebrate In a quiet way, unwind Doing business right this time And he has provided me With the world's smallest turkey Already in the oven, nice and hot Oh damn, guess what I forgot So on with the boots back the only all-night grocery when what to my wondering eye should appear in the line is that guy I've been chasing all year Spending this one alone, he said, need a break, this year's been crazy I said, me too, but why are you, you mean you forgot cranberry soup And suddenly we laughed and laughed, caught on to what was happening That Christmas magic's brought this tale to a very
money and I spent a lot of time The trip we made to Hollywood is etched upon my mind After all the things we've done and seen You find another man The things you think are useless I can't understand Are you reeling in the years? Showing away the time Are you gathering up the tears? Have you had enough of mine? Are you reeling in the years? Showing away the time Are you gathering up the tears? Have you had enough of Coleman Brothers on Z93. Steely Dan reeling in the ears is going out to Zoles, who's listening right now in his car, delivering some McRibs to a couple in Coxsackie, New York. Yes, he, he gets around, doesn't he? It's funny because Zoles uh, is, is older than me by over a decade, and uh, he listens every week. He's got a sports call-in show here on Z93 with Soup that airs 12 o'clock Sundays, but he listens to our program and was really, really pumped. For our 70s show, but when he found out that we were playing Elvis Costello, the B-52s, <laughs> and sniffing the tears, it kind of turned him off. Steven, I still love you. Strong finish, strong ending, bad in the middle. Thanks, Zolz. <laughs> so, yeah, he wanted some Steely dance, so we took care of him. And uh, Zolz is either doing DoorDash or Grubhub. He, he works for both. I've been doing Instacart because the good governor of New York has decided that what Zolz and I do for a living, and you for that matter, is illegal. I know. I'm missing uh, some of these Christmas parties that are a classic every year with that big envelope of extra cash. There's no cash to be found. But, I, you know, part of being in radio, and you remember this, um, all those years that I did uh, on the roof of a 7-Eleven raising over a million dollars for MDA, charity is in my blood. And I've continued to do charitable work since my previous stint on the air. But when I'm doing Instacart, I'm getting a little bit of money, but I really feel like I'm doing a good deed. A lot of the people that I'm dealing with are in nursing homes. Um, some of the people just, you know, can't get out for medical conditions. The one thing I don't miss now that we're into uh, the Thanksgiving Christmas hiatus, Vassar College, the absolute worst place to have to deliver anything ever. Is that because it's like a maze? Because when I, I DJed a uh, reunion party, I think it was last year, I couldn't find my way to the cellar where the bar was. I've been hosting their alumni weekends for uh, over a decade, and I will again when this all lifts. But the problem with delivering to dorms at Vassar is that there's just almost like this one central park lot and you have to just know where you're going and if it happens to be one of those orders that's like three or four bags it is nightmarish well i'll give you props the last time that i was going door to door in the neighborhood to uh, strangers houses when i needed some extra cash because mom wouldn't buy me candy and wwf magazines i would shovel sidewalks for people and christopher our brother uh he would do the driveways but i was like nah, that's, that's way too much manual labor i'm good with just the sidewalks well now that we've popped our proverbial christmas music cherry i think that it's time for another one how about some kinks there's only one we mentioned it in the Colvin 5, it's Father Christmas, the Colvin Brothers on Z93.
But the last time I played Father Christmas I stood outside a department store A gang of kids came over and mugged me And knocked my reindeer to the floor We said, Father Christmas, give us some money Don't mess around with those silly toys We'll beat you up if you don't hand it over We want your bread, so don't make us annoyed Give all the toys Sister, a cuddly toy. We don't want a jinx or a monopoly money. We only want the real McCoy. Father Christmas, give us some money. We'll beat you up if you make us annoyed. Father Christmas, give us some money. Don't mess around with those silly toys. But give my daddy a job, cause he needs work. He's got lots of mouths to feed. But if you've got what I have, a machine gun So I can scare all the kids on the street Father Christmas, give us some money We got no time for your silly toys We'll beat you up if you don't hand it over We want your bread, so don't make us annoyed Give all the toys So 
It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93, Ario Speedwagon, going out to Loretta at Bar Humbug in Wappingers Falls. <laughs> I've actually worked at Bar Humbug. <laughs> it was around this time. I want to say it was it was uh, Christmas in the past seven or eight years, and it was the most miserable event that I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I've never. I, I couldn't get anybody to come. It was me, our friend Teen in New Paltz, and like one other person, and I was just so sad. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I've never been there, but my friend Derek, who moved from Pickwell, Ohio, to work for the Renegade. This is going back to 2000. He was like, oh, I went out last night, but by myself, I went to this place called Bar Humbug in, in Wappingers Falls. So there's a little shout out for you there, Derek. <laughs> so uh, one of the more popular things that we do here on the show is when we quiz each other, partially because you can play at home and also because, you know, as Rick Zolzer would tell you, well, you guys have been brothers your whole lives. You already have the chemistry. We know how to push each other's buttons. So it's my turn to get you back for the last time that you made me look like an idiot. You got a quiz for me? Is it going to be like something Christmas oriented? What do you got? Nope, not at all. It's MLB player, member of the rock band, yes, or both. All right, let's do some roundabout. Time for another quiz. For the Sears. All right, Breckman, let's hit the timer and see what we got from Mad Mike. The first one, is it an MLB player, a member of Yes, or both? John Anderson. John Anderson. See, baseball... <laughs> baseball! The baseball goes back, like, forever, so this guy could be a, a player from 1918. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say both, because that's Anderson is a very... Regular name like Smith. All right. Well, you are correct. It is both. John, yeah. John Anderson of Yes spelt it without the H. And John Anderson with an H was a right-handed pitcher for the Phillies, Orioles, Cardinals, and the Houston Colt 45. Oh, so you're going way back. This is like 60s? 1962. Nice. What do you got for number two? Peter Banks. Peter Banks. Oh, man. You the ball guy from Breaking Bad? No, no, no. It is not Mike Kermit <laughs> Trout, but great guess. No, he was actually the original guitarist of Yes, uh, played on their first two albums before they made it big, and then was never heard from again. Number three. Bob Apodaca. Bob Apodaca. He was the pitching coach for the Colorado Rockies and the New York Mets. I, I don't know why I know this. I know obscure stuff in baseball, so that's definitely MLB. We've been talking about Zol's all show, so we'll throw it here. It's Rick Zolzer's favorite baseball player name. So I just like, I was like, we just throw one in there. So yeah, he uh, he spent his entire career uh, on the Mets, so good for him. Do you know who Bob Shepard's favorite player was to announce of all time? I want to say Celerino Sanchez. Nope. Shitakoshi Hasagawa. <laughs> Well, I don't know if Bob Shepard ever had the privilege of announcing Nigel Wilson. Was he a member of, yes, a baseball player or both? Nigel Wilson. Oh, man, I want to say this is a baseball player. I'm going to say MLB player. Oh, very good. Left fielder in Florida, Cincy, and Cleveland. I threw Nigel in there because it's such a British-centric name. Yeah. But this was just a brother from the hood. He played for the Marlins. <laughs> I got the 25th spot. All right, number five, Igor Koroshev. Oh, come on. Is that a real name? Yes, it is. Igor Koroshev? Igor Koroshev. Tell right. me about him. I'm going to say he's the guy that played the triangle for Yes. <laughs> he was a late-inning replacement for Yes as a keyboard player. Hey! And uh, very good because he never really made it onto any of their significant albums, but he was in the band for a while. All right. Well, hopefully we'll get some props from his family for that one. Number six, MLB player, member of the rock band Yes or both, Steve Howe. Steve Howe. This guy never saw white stuff that he wouldn't agree with. I'm going to say baseball player and yes. That's correct. One was both a member of Yes and Asia, and the other a uh, starting pitcher for the Dodgers, Twins, Rangers, and eventually the Yankees. Yeah, he was a reliever with the Yankees, and he got a ring in 96, even though he was suspended again. Number seven, Trevor Rabin. Trevor Rabin. Trevor Rabin. Was he part of King Crimson? No, he was not. That would have been Bill Bruford, who I didn't use in this contest. Oh, Bill Bruford. Love that guy. <laughs> so what do we got? So I would say yes. Yes is correct. Trevor Horn. 
Trevor Horn, no relation to Red Sox first baseman Sam Horn from 1988 Tops. That's how my brain works, folks. So I'm going to say MLB player. No, he was a member of Yes. I got one more Trevor for you. <laughs> Trevor Richards. Trevor Richards. Uh, you don't have Trevor Rosenthal? No, I do not. Trevor Richards. Uh, da, 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 good friends with uh, Rick Wakeman, so I'm going to say member of Yes. <laughs> no, he was actually a pitcher <laughs> with the Rays. And uh, you just mentioned him, but I'll give it out there anyway. Rick Wakeman, number Rick, 10. Rick Wakeman was a member of Yes. No relation to Bob Wickman, the, the old closer for the New York Yankees. I should have used him. There was also an Oliver Wakeman, which I think was uh, Rick's son, who also played with Yes. But you did pretty good. I, hey, Breck, how did he do? Would you like some salt potatoes? <laughs> Yeah, the only the only Oliver I remember is the guy that ruined the Brady Bunch. I'm actually friends with that guy on Facebook. I'm not lying, Robbie Rist. Anyway, that was our latest quiz for the Sizz. I thought that you did pretty good there, Yeah, Ken. all right. What did you think? Well, since we just spent the last 20 minutes talking about them, why don't we throw one on from Yes. Oh, is this from the bassist Chris Squire? Is it uh, Run With The Fox? No, that's going to be on the electric radio show. It's Leave It. <laughs> they, had, they had 11 videos for this on MTV, including one where they're all upside down. Oh, I never saw it. Never saw it. It's the Coleman Brothers on Z93. I can feel no sense of measure, no illusions as we take refuge in young man's pleasure, breaking down the dreams we make real.
Thanks a lot, folks, and a happy uh, Christmas and a merry New Year. On C93. There's Nazis in the bathroom Just below the stairs Always something happening And nothing going on There's always something cooking And nothing in the pot They're starving back in China So finish what you got Coleman Brothers on Z93. John Lennon, nobody told me, and I think I know where this is going. Well, it's December 6th. We all know what's happening on the on the 8th. It'll be the 40th anniversary of his assassination, and that means he, he's been dead as long as he's been alive. Um, the Beatles are a very big part of my life, especially since the night that I found out on Monday Night Football that John had been killed. 
So you were, let's see, you were born in 69? Okay. 11. So you're old enough to know what was going on. Yeah, I was. And uh, I, I believe our father was was working. And so um, our mother, Jude, who was pretty liberal with the way that I brought up, I had the TV in my room from age four, and I was pretty, much like I am with my daughter now, I was pretty independent as long as I didn't screw up. So I asked her if I could just stay up and watch all the coverage. And that's when I really cemented myself as a Beatle freak. The song was left incomplete shortly before his death. So did he give it to Ringo to finish? It was always meant for Ringo. The problem I have with the Milk and Honey album where Nobody Told Me comes from is that Yoko, as she often would, had a falling out with the guy that produced Double Fantasy. Had he been given the reins, all of the songs that were eventually released in 1984 on this posthumous LP probably would have sounded a lot better. But as as we got them, they're just the, the studio run-throughs with guide vocals, and there's something a little unfinished sounding about it. But I love the tune, especially... The there's Nazis in the bathroom just below the stairs. People think he says matches, but he says Nazis. Ah, people under the stairs. That was a good film back in 86. Who died today? So today, only one that uh, stood out to me, uh, Roy Orbison. He died at the age of 52 in 1988. I was driving to Dutchess Community College, where our, I, I think I had badminton class, and I remember two things about that day. Wait, hold on a second. Badminton class? Is that a real thing? And I got a B in it, yeah. Um, I would try to always take the gyms in college that uh, didn't involve much participation, so badminton was definitely what I was up for in December of 88. I remember two things about that. Uh, there was a local radio station that played the oldies, and if you remember oldies stations in the 1980s, they never played the same artist back-to-back. You might get the Supremes at 7 and get them again at 8, but you never got back-to-back. So I was immediately suspicious when they played a pair of Roy Orbison songs in a row. And sure enough, I think the guy's name was C.K. Lamley came on the air and announced that he had passed. And I, I was crestfallen. He was only 52, all right? So he's a year older than I am right now. A yeah, massive heart attack. And he had just made the big comeback with the Wilburys. He had his... Uh, his posthumous album with You Got It, which we already knew was in the works. And uh, he was really ready for a career resurgence. He was going to tour, and it broke my heart. The other reason I remember that day is because I parked illegally for my badminton class and got a ticket. So I want to paint a little story about Roy Orbison. So growing up, um, we had a Ford Pinto. And <laughs> yes, we did. I learned how to drive in it and other things. And this is a story that involves my sister. By the way, happy belated birthday to Carolyn. She just celebrated her birthday this past Friday. Thanks, brother. And uh, mom would have the cassette of Roy Orbison, his greatest hits. And back in the 80s and early 90s for, for us kids, we had a hump in the car, in the Pinto, and you, it didn't have a seatbelt. I was the youngest. I always had to sit on the hump. And mom would play the greatest hits, Roy Orbison, as we drove down to Peekskill. And a song came on called Running Scared. And there was a part in it that would go, dun, 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 dun. And me and Carolyn would just sing along to that to the point where mom would just kick it out. And then we had to listen to Kenny Rogers for the, for the rest of the trip. But Roy Orbison, greatest hits. Jude, Carolyn ties it all in with the hump in the Ford Pinto. You know what really got Roy Orbison's uh, comeback started? You're going to tell me. Uh, the movie Blue Velvet in 1986 had a very creepy scene with Dennis Hopper in the song In Dreams. The candy-colored clown they call the Sandman. That's what started the ball rolling. That's when the Wilburys happened. That's when the new recording sessions happened. And again, crying shame that the man was dead at 52. Dennis Hopper. So we always like to touch on what to watch tonight. So there's not a wrestling pay-per-view, Breck. But tonight, and I think you probably gave up on this show, 
it's the beginning of the final season of Shameless. Oh yeah, I'm not going back to it. I can't. I can't. It it it, it, it went Ray Donovan on me. I have to finish what I started. William H Macy, probably one of my favorite characters in TV, is as Frank, and uh, Lip was also my favorite character. Now the show for me kind of went a downward spiral when when Fiona went to jail, and I'm glad they finally wrote her off the show. Did they ever remind us that she gave cocaine to a two-year-old? I didn't know you wanted to talk, talk about that. I've got one right here, but Bryce. That, <laughs> but that's, that's pretty much where her show arc ended for me, and I was like, all right, no more Fiona, just end the show for me. Showtime has a long history of not knowing when to cut the cord, and again, for those of you that want to watch Shameless, great, write about it. So we're talking about Dead Beatles. What else you got for me to close oh, the show? You stop it. John and Yoko <laughs> in 1971. This is a song that I never even heard during his lifetime, but once he had passed, because it was so close to Christmas, Happy Christmas, which was an obscure single from nine years earlier, almost became an anthem like Imagine. So uh, here we go. I'm kicking it. The protest song against Vietnam as well. War is over if you want it. All right, it's the Colvin Brothers. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Don't forget, put your Christmas requests in at the Colvin Brothers on Z93. We got to get out of here and start baking some holiday fruitcake Christmas on a budget. It's the Colvin Brothers on Z93. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The near and the dear ones The old and the young A very Merry Christmas And a Happy New
The Colvin Brothers Podcast. Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown! It's family. Wow.